over the last uh, few weeks, we've been um, looking at 1 Peter together, where we've been exploring uh, the, Peter's challenge to um, and encouragement to the persecuted church. So he's written to this church that have been scattered to say, stand strong in your faith. He's writing to the church to say, gather together, support and encourage one another. He's writing to the church to say, there's a bigger picture than what you're currently experiencing. There's a bigger picture than the persecution that's going on in your life now. Uh, Don't live just for what's happening now. Think about uh, the long term of what God has in store for you. And actually, it's because those persecuted Christians stayed strong that the church began to grow. It, it scattered out through persecution and, and they lit little fires of places of faith all over the place. And, and so the Christian gospel began to go out to now um, still the largest faith group in the world. And uh, we're moving from that, we finished 1 Peter last week, we're moving that into um, uh, uh, today I just want to pick up on a, this passage in uh, Matthew looking at the whole issue of faith coming from 1 Peter and then we're going to spend a few weeks in Luke's Gospel looking at some stuff on discipleship beginning uh, next week. But this story brings out this morning a, a snapshot of faith, a, a picture of what it means to have faith um, in God. And uh, in it, Jesus celebrates faith. In fact, in verse 10, he says this. When Jesus heard this, that was the faith of centurion, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all the land of Israel. Now, now, having said that, he will have offended some of the Jewish leaders that were there, some of the devout followers that were there. He's saying, this person has got it. This person's got this thing that is really important in life. The, uh, the, the role of faith. And faith plays a key role in the Christian life. You remember uh, the account of Jesus in the boat as he's going across Lake Galilee and a storm comes up. He's asleep at the front of the boat and the storm comes up and his disciples wake him in a panic and he gets up and calms the storm and he only has one question for the disciples. His question is, where is your faith? Where is your faith? I've, you've got me with you, but where is your faith? Maybe, maybe at times in our lives, we can feel that as well. You know, it's like it's all sorts of things are coming against us, and then our faith perhaps feels as though it can fail us. Where is your faith? He might ask uh, us as well. When he talks about coming again, uh, his question to the people of Israel is this, when... Uh, I come again, will I find faith here on earth? Um, in the beginning of, of Hebrews chapter 11, it asks this question. It says, what is faith? Let me read it to you, verse 1. Uh, what is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It is the evidence of things we cannot yet see. And he goes on saying, it is by faith that the world was made. It is by faith that Abel brought his offering uh, to God. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven. It was by faith that Noah built the ark. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed God. It was by faith that Abraham and Sarah were able to have children. And he goes on to celebrate those, those 
who are blessed by faith, who, who stand as an example to all of us. He says it was by faith that Isaac was blessed. It was by faith that Joseph lived. It was by faith that Moses led the people. It was by faith that the people stayed faithful to God. So faith has this key role to play in the Bible. Faith has a key role to play in what it means to be a Christian. Faith had a key role to play in this scattered and persecuted church that Peter was writing to. And yet faith is quite difficult to define exactly because it has lots of different facets to it, lots of different angles at which you can look at it. And what I want to do this morning, just in the next 20 minutes or so, is take a look through six different windows at this story of the centurion and see what it says to us about faith, if we can build up a picture of it. So the first window I want to look through is this one. Uh, Faith is believing when I don't see it. This centurion had heard that Jesus, uh, had heard of Jesus and had heard that Jesus was a healer. And he comes to plead with him. He comes to say, my servant um, uh, is needing help. Lord, he says, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and racked with pain. And Jesus says, I'll come and heal him. And the, the officer replies, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come to my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. Two things to me jump out of this. Number one, whenever anybody asked Jesus for help, he, was, he would always say yes. He was always ready to help. No matter what was going on in his life, no matter the size of the crowd, no matter uh, the, the opportunity to influence others, no matter what it was, Jesus always responded to the individual. You know, sometimes we can think that, that God is this awesome, almighty God, and, and, and my Uh, What's going on in my life, my needs, my particular things uh, that's going on at the moment won't really matter to him. But actually, the, the, the ministry of Jesus demonstrates to us that the individual absolutely matters. Whatever's going on in your life, whatever pain or problem or difficulty you have, your individual needs matter to God. He's concerned for you. But the second thing that, that, um, uh, jumps out here Um, is the faith of the centurion. Faith is believing when I don't see it. No, he says, don't come to my home because I'm not worthy of you coming to my home. But I have faith that if you say this will happen, then this will happen. Faith is believing when you don't see it. Uh, You know, uh, Jesus, I I have officers under me. I tell them go and they go. I tell them come and they come. I tell them to do this and they do it, he says. And and that's what happens. And and you seem to have that authority even over sickness. You have that authority uh, over the things of this world. So you just say, and I'll believe. What an incredible act of faith. Faith is believing when we don't see it. And in a sense, that reflects the heart of prayer, doesn't it? Because that's what we're doing in prayer. In prayer, we're, we're bringing the things of this world. We're bringing the issues that we carry with us. We're bringing the, our cares and concerns and problems, and we're laying them before Jesus. And, and actually, faith is saying, we'll bring those and trust that you will deal with those, Lord. We won't carry them around with us uh, the whole time. Prayer is believing that something will happen if we bring it before God. Believing when we don't necessarily see it. I'll bring this situation before God. So the first window on faith 
is believing when I don't see it. The second window on faith that I see here is faith is obeying when I don't understand it. At the end of the passage, uh, it says, Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go home, what you have believed has happened. Uh, I'm sure that the officer at that moment, uh, even they'd asked for something, you know, we ask for something, don't we? And, and it happens, you go, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. You know that situation? You, you, you ask the Lord for something or something happens and you, you, that's exactly what you've been hoping for and it happens and you go, I can't believe it. I didn't expect that to happen. You know, you did ask for it, but you didn't expect it to happen. I think faith is a bang when we don't understand it. Uh, in faith, this officer went home and it says the young servant was healed that same hour. Faith is actually obedience to God, saying that we will do what he asks of you. We will act in trust, that there's a bigger picture that we don't necessarily understand. It's true of the history of the Christian faith. It's true of people who follow our Heavenly Father. Uh, right back in Genesis, when Abraham uh, was 75 years old, unable to have children, God says to him, I'm going to make you a father of a great nation. So I want you to leave all your security and everything that you've got here and I want to take you to another place that you don't know about yet that I'll only reveal to you as you start stepping towards it. And if you trust in me, if you're obedient to me, then the things of the kingdom can happen. And Abraham steps out in faith. And because he steps out in faith, the things of God uh, happened. It's almost as though God wants to force us to trust him. Faith is saying, I will trust you and do what you call me to do. I will trust you despite my lack of understanding. So first window, faith is believing when I don't see it. The second window, faith is obeying when I don't understand it. The third window, faith is giving when I don't have it. I want to move from the centurion to Jesus. We, we can easily forget that Jesus was at this point fully human being. He was just a, a man with absolute faith in God. Um, but he had faith. He trusted that his prayer, his word spoken, would have been answered by his heavenly Father. Jesus himself worked out of a place of faith. His whole ministry is out of a place of faith. So faith is about giving when we don't necessarily have the resources ourselves. But we're saying that God can provide the resources in this situation. It could be in a financial situation. It could be in prayer for somebody. It could be a decision about your future, uh, a, a decision about your family. Faith is saying uh, about giving when we don't necessarily have it, when we've reached the end of everything we have, but saying, I still trust in God for this. Lovely illustration from Scripture, isn't there? The feeding of the 5,000, of the little boy who came and brought his lunch and offered it uh, to Jesus. And, um, uh, of course, uh, he offered it, uh, leaving him with nothing, and then Jesus multiplied it and gave him back enough to satisfy him. It's about giving to God and trusting that God will ultimately look after us. He takes what we offer him and he multiplies it out and he gives it back to us. And that's true of the situation here and the faith of this Roman officer. Jesus steps out in faith and says, you've stepped out in faith by asking, so I'll step out in faith by praying. 
Father, the Father will meet uh, the needs in this situation. Faith is about giving when we don't necessarily have it. Uh, the fourth window is faith is believing when we don't necessarily feel like it. I wonder what this Roman officer felt like when he came before Jesus. Perhaps he felt a bit of a fool. Perhaps he wondered what he was doing in front of all, the, all these others. What am I doing coming here asking for help? Maybe I'm going to be a laughing stock. We don't like necessarily, do we, asking for help. I, I sat with somebody this week and um, uh, just in a pastoral situation and they've been living in a very abusive relationship and they came to ask for help. I was able to sit with them and uh, uh, map out a bit of where we can go from the, where they are now. And, and um, they just said, just said at the end, said, I wish I'd asked for help before. I wish I'd asked before. But it's so difficult to ask for help. But of course, as soon as you do ask for help, then there's strength given to your situation. You're given courage to go further. You know there are people on your side. And the same is true when we go to God. If we go and ask for help, he says, I will help you. That's what God uh, is like. But faith is, is believing even when we don't feel like it. Um, uh, I mention this because I think that maybe there's people here, maybe you've been a Christian for a while, you're going through a bit of a, a dry period. You know, it's like, uh, uh, I'm, I know I'm a Christian, but, you know, if I'm honest, it doesn't feel as though God's foremost in my mind at the moment. I don't feel passionately on fire for God. Well, the thing is, we're called to be a Christian, to be a Christian. That's what we're called to be. We're called to be a, be a Christian anyway. Um, uh, you, you and I know that an immature approach to life is, if I don't feel like doing it, then I won't do it. An immature approach to life is, I'll live my life based on feelings. Whereas a mature approach to life is actually that I will do it whatever I feel like. A mature approach is built on commitment rather than feelings. You don't become a master musician by practicing only when you feel like it. You try and persuade a child of that information and they don't believe you. But you don't become a good musician by only practicing when you feel like it. You become a good musician by practicing every day. We had the joy a number of years ago now of having some, a, a couple live with us, their family, and, and um, he plays the French horn. And every morning, without fail, he would do an hour's practice. Every morning he would start. And he would go from the very basic scales every day. I just think he's a really good player. He could skip those bits. You know, it's like he can do that. He can do the C scale. He can do the F. He can do all of that. But every day, without fail, from start to finish, 40 minutes of warm-up scales. And we'd wait with bated breath because the last 20 minutes was glorious music. But every day, practice, 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 practice. The same thing, the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. That's how you become a master musician. You don't become a great salesperson by only making calls when you feel like making calls. You become a great salesperson by making calls every day. By making the contact every day. Whatever we do in life, we become good at it 
by practicing it every day. And it is the same is true of the Christian faith, whether we feel like it or not. Have you ever had those days when you get out of bed and you're going off to work perhaps and you, you're walking on the road and you just think, I just would just like to be in my own little cocoon for a little bit. You know, I don't want to speak to anybody today. Just let me be, you know. Anybody ever have a day like that? Do you have a day like that? Actually, but you see, what, what Christ demands of us in the Christian life is whether we feel like it or not, this is what we're to be like. We're to have faith. We're to have faith. We're to have the commitment to do it on a daily basis. We become a godly man or woman by developing habits and disciplines that we do on a weekly, uh, a daily, a weekly, a monthly, an annual cycle that uh, uh, brings results in our lives. We live lives based not on feelings, but on commitment. So faith is believing even when I don't feel like it. Fifthly, faith is thanking God even before we receive it. Now this is quite important because people have used this, I think, sometimes in the wrong way. I'm not sure this necessarily comes out of this passage. I think this is me perhaps looking into this passage. Um, But I'm pretty convinced that the Roman officer would have said thank you to Jesus before he went, don't you? I mean, I think he'd have probably done that. I think that's a a fair assumption to make. You know, thank you very much for for responding. Thank you very much for your commitment and encouragement. Thank you very much for listening to me. Thank you for engaging in what I said. Thank you that despite all those that are around you, you gave me individual attention. Faith is not about... Uh, faith is not about believing that God can do it. We have a problem in our lives if we think that God can solve it. That's not faith. Faith isn't believing God can do it, because God can do it whether you believe or not. God has the ability to do it not based on our faith. Faith isn't even believing that he will do it. That's hope. I hope he will answer my prayer. I hope he will save my marriage. I hope he will give me a job. I hope he will find me a partner. I hope he will make me well. No, faith is actually thanking God in advance and believing that God is already doing something. He is already present in our lives. We believe, like he did whilst he was on earth, that Jesus responded to the needs of every individual and he continues to respond to the needs of every individual. Therefore, when we bring something to him to say thank you that you've heard what we've brought and we know that you're going to be at work in that. It's not whipping ourselves up into a faith frenzy and going, if I've got faith big enough, this will happen. It's not uh, whipping ourselves up into a, a faith hope, you know, desperation. Maybe God will, maybe he won't. It's about saying... I will, in obedience, bring these things before God and in faith I will allow him to answer them in the way in which he wants to answer them. Believe that you have received it. This is what it says in Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it is yours. Believe that you've received it. That's what faith is. It doesn't say when you pray and ask for something, you have to beg and beg and beg and God will think about it. We just have to believe it. And God gives all sorts of different answers and you and I know that. This is the thing. 
He has it in the bank. He has it in the bank. If I wrote you a cheque for £500 and you put it in the bank tomorrow, I'd have to pay a fee because it would bounce. But if Bill Gates wrote you a cheque for £50,000, you could put it in the bank and it would be okay. This is the thing. God has it in the bank. He has it in the bank. All we have to do is ask and thank him and trust that he will provide for us. He doesn't always provide in the way that we necessarily want him to. He doesn't always give in the way that we always want him to. He doesn't always answer our prayers in the way that we want him to. But we know that he does care. We know that he responds individually. We know that he's interested in who you are and your future. He knows, we know that he's interested in your concerns for today. He know, we know that he's interested in the burdens that you carry. We know that he's interested in the person that you pray for on a daily basis. We know that he's interested in the brokenness that's there even in your own life. And he says, all I want you to do is bring it to me. Just bring it to me like the Roman officer. Just bring it to me. And like he did throughout scripture, he'll respond to every individual. And I'll say, if you'll bring it to me, then I'll respond. And in responding, God is at work in your life and my life, just by our bringing it to him. He says, look, I've got the resources to help you. So just believe even when you don't see it. Obey even when you don't understand it. Give when you don't have it. Believe uh, when you don't feel like it. Because if you just thank me for it, I've got it in the bank. I've got it in the bank. You just need to come to me. I've got it in the bank, he says. And that's what he promises. He promises never to leave us as orphans, never to leave us alone, but to be with us whatever we are going through uh, in life. To thank God that he is with you and walking with you. And he has your future and your life in his hands. And finally, in this passage where the Roman officer pleads for his servant, faith is thanking God even when it doesn't work and come out our way. If you read Hebrews about the heroes of faith, which I touched on at the beginning, you'll see some pretty amazing people in there uh, who were great heroes of faith. Some of them were beheaded. Some of them were burnt at the stake. Some had their eyes gouged out. Some were drowned. Some had some other gruesome stuff that happened to them. But faith, having faith in God, doesn't exempt us from problems in life. You still have the same problems as other people when you're a Christian. But we have someone who works with us and walks with us in our problems. I think in in my life, I've had twice in my life, I've had situations where I've been absolutely desperate. Absolutely desperate. Uh, One was when Uh, My son, George, who now towers over me and is very strong, uh, at age of uh, three, stopped breathing in our house and went completely blue. And we were on the phone to the ambulance. And we just got our little son, Callum, a baby baby boy, two weeks. And uh, Linz and I really thought he was dead. Well, he he was dead. He wasn't wasn't breathing, you know. Uh, And the ambulance crew were fantastic. But we were with him, with Karen young next to us we were with him and we were uh, doing what the ambulance saying and we were praying over him absolutely desperate and I, and I 
uh, afterwards, Lindsay and I were saying, you know, thank goodness we have our faith. And, and we can trust someone to our Heavenly Father. And then, as you know, a couple of years ago, many of you will know, uh, our youngest son. Who'd have boys? I don't know. But our youngest son, our youngest son fell off a balcony and was, was uh, considered uh, lifeless for a, a week. And um, him coming back to life. And when he, was, when he was lying there in the hospital bed and we didn't think he'd ever come back again, when we thought we'd lost our boy, Lynn said to me, she said, at least we're strong because we have our faith. And, and she actually said, it's better that it happens to us than somebody else because we can cope. And actually that's true because we have our faith. It gives you an absolute strength of something because you think there's something more to live for. We, we, we can work through this. Now God was very faithful to us and gracious to us in a very special way. And we still don't understand that at all. And there's no explaining uh, what happened. But this is it. It doesn't exempt us from our problems. But you know, uh, uh, sometimes he just gives us the strength to walk through it and to cope with it. And he gives you strength not just to cope with the issue of your life, but to continue to be committed to being a Christian and giving out to others at the same time. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what I feel like about my faith, no matter the problems that are coming upon me, God calls me to continue to live as a Christian and to give out to others. I know we don't like problems in our lives, but actually sometimes the problems in our lives strengthens our faith, as bizarre as that might seem. Now, it doesn't and, always, doesn't and won't always work out the way that we want it to. Listen to this from Hebrews chapter 11. It says this, But others trusted God and they were tortured, preferring to die rather than turn from God and be freed. They placed their hope in the resurrection to a better life. Some were mocked and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in dungeons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawn in half. Others were killed with a sword. Some went out in the skins of sheep and goats, hungry and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world. They wandered over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All of these people you mentioned received God's approval because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. Faith, faith is trusting even when it doesn't necessarily work out our way. All of these heroes of faith, they had, these were people with promises and dreams about their lives that didn't necessarily come true, but they knew like Peter had been writing to the persecuted church that we've just been looking at, they knew there was something greater and bigger to live for. There was a greater story going on. And they were grateful that they were just part of that greater story, the story of God at work in our lives today. So friends, six windows on faith. Number one, believing when we don't necessarily see it. Obeying when we don't necessarily feel like we don't understand it. Giving when we don't have it. Believing when we don't feel like it. Thanking before we receive it. And trusting even if it doesn't work out our way. Let's stand together, shall we?